Thank you for joining us on Merit Matters, a virtual series highlighting current events, industry experts, and local community engagement. I'm your host, Tammy Berklid, Principal of Merit Construction. Today, I have a special guest with me, Kristen Bishop from Mary Bridge Children's Hospital. Kristen is a certified child life specialist and works directly with children battling cancer. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, so we interviewed Kristen to get an idea of how to better support these kids. Kristen and I dive into the important work she does and how we as a community can help grow awareness about the needs of families and children impacted by cancer. Thank you for squeezing me in. I know that you're really busy and I am so excited to hear about you and then be able also to share with um, our listeners and the people at my office, like what it is that you do and how you impact kids' lives. If you just a little bit, you know, about, about merit and about me, all of our um, community service actions are based around children. You know, we obviously obviously feel like there's a vulnerability there, but there's also just like a deep love, like people can understand that, you know, your heart strings are pulled for kids. So um, we're always trying to find new ways, new things to do. And I will tell you that my, my staff are incredibly generous. They're super kind and, you know, they always want something. And I, I always feel like if you give them away, if you give them an opportunity, they will show up all day long. Like they're just waiting for some, you know, way to make that happen. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that in kind of sharing your story and, and how you impact kids that we'll be able to have, you know, just kind of a, a, pay it forward type of effect and other people will be inspired by you and your organization and we'll be able to touch lives through you and through your story. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm excited to get to share and I absolutely love what I get to do every day and I'm looking forward to telling you more about that. Good. Excellent. So we'll start by you just kind of telling me a little bit more about yourself and tell me kind of about your specific role at at Mary Bridge. Yeah, sure. So um, I my name is Kristen and I um, am a child life specialist here. So my job um, kind of overall is to help reduce the stress and anxiety that kids and their families face while they're in any kind of healthcare environment. So um, our child life team here at Mary Bridge Children's um, serves kids all throughout our Tacoma campus. So we have the emergency department, our medical surgical unit where kids stay the night when they're hospitalized, our intensive care unit, our surgery department, our um, imaging and sedation department, our surgery department, and then as well as our outpatient clinics. So we have a team of about 10 of us that serve patients throughout our Tacoma campus here. I specifically work with our hematology oncology kids and have been doing that um, for as long as I've been a child life specialist. So for almost 10 years, have been serving our kids and families more specifically in, in that department. And so really it's helping families navigate a chronic illness that is life-threatening. It's supporting them at the beginning of the diagnosis, sometimes towards the end of life, if that is the course that the patient's illness takes them. It's helping them cope with day-to-day -day things like medicine taking, things like how do you go back to school when you have cancer? How do you continue to do as much normal life things as you possibly can? 
So there's a lot of different kind of roles that I play in supporting kids and families, specifically in our hematology and oncology clinic. And then again, um, we serve a, a pretty wide population and range of kids and families here at Mary Bridge. And so um, there certainly is a handful of other diagnoses and procedures that I support kids with here at the hospital. There's so much going on, like even all the different departments that you listed that, you know, people that are on the outside of of having had cancer or having had a, a family member with cancer, you don't really even, you can't even fathom like all of the pieces and parts of it. And it's crazy to even hear all the different departments. I love that you guys kind of do cross um, care. Like they have their role, but you, it's a very important part that you play. And even them going to any one of those departments, any one of those children, if they go to one of those departments, that could be what is the thing that causes the anxiety or what creates the issues or whatever. So then they can call you in, they can focus on their job and you're there to deal with that hard part. So I love that. I mean, I think that is total care for the child. Yeah. And I think yeah. Yeah. all the things you were saying, like, how do you you know, how do you go back to school? How do you deal with how you're feeling? These are things they've never experienced in their lives. And I'm sure the parents are just as frightened as the kids yeah. trying to figure out what's our new normal and how do we navigate through this world? So what yeah. a great gift that you are, I have no doubt to them. That's awesome. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about merit and how kids tug at your heartstrings, but I wanna hear from you specifically what compelled you to to work with kids? Yeah, I think, you know, growing up, I, I always loved working with kids. I, you know, at one point thought I wanted to be a teacher and thought I wanted to be a pediatric nurse. And, you know, when I found out about child life, it really was like the best of both of those worlds. So I get to do a lot of teaching and education, helping kids understand what's happening here in the world of healthcare. Um, and I also get to be in a medical environment every day. You know, I think that there's a lot of really magical things about kids that make them so fun to work with. I think that they have an incredible resiliency about them. And I think that being able to spend time, significant amounts of time with kids going through really difficult things and watching them overcome them has been remarkable. Um, and I think that's one reason why I love working with kids is it doesn't really matter what kind of diagnosis they get. At the end of the day, they still want to be kids. They still want to play. They still want to have fun. They still want to laugh. They still want to do the things that they love doing, arts and crafts or watching videos or playing games and being with their family and their friends and their pets. Like those are all things that are um, are so important. And I think that sometimes with adults, you see some of that fade and kids just continue to have that motivation to do the things that they so love and enjoy doing. And so I think that was initially what inspired me to work with kids and what continues to inspire me to work with kids. I, I said earlier, and I, I guess I don't, um, I don't want to contradict myself, but I said earlier about them being vulnerable and wanting, like having this desire or whatever to protect but the other thing about them is that they're incredibly strong, sometimes mind-blowingly strong. And yes. and they're there, you're there to to assist them, right? But it ends up that they're inspiring you because you're blown away by the strength that they're demonstrating. Yeah. Um, so that's that's cool. And I can imagine that that, you know, that, that would be something that would fill you back up 
and keep you moving because I, I can only imagine, um, you know, some of the hard days of what you do. But I think that um, I know that to be very real about children, that they they are incredibly resilient, exactly like you said, and and kind of very impressive with their strength Definitely. for their little bodies. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the opportunity that that I have and that our team has as child life specialists to really empower kids to continue um, finding that strength and that courage to get through the things that they need to get through to be able to help them build the skills that they need, you know, with whatever they're currently facing and hoping that that is something that lasts long into their lifetime. You know, something I tell kids almost every day, you know, nobody likes to get poked with a needle, you know, when kids are coming to get their blood drawn and they're feeling a lot of feelings about having to get their blood drawn and and getting poked with a needle. And, you know, nobody, nobody really likes that. That's not a fun thing for people to get poked with a needle, but you can develop the skills and the tools to be able to get through something that you really don't like to do when you know how important it is for your health and your body to have that blood draw. So that's something that I love um, as a part of my job is finding ways to empower and encourage kids and and letting them know you do have the strength um, to be able to get through things that are tough and that strength you need today. And you'll need that through the rest of your life with whatever hard things come up. There are always going to be things that we don't want to do that we have to find a way to be able to do them. So yeah, yeah it's absolutely like, there's a certainly a protection of wanting to keep them safe. But I also think there's this um like really just kind of ferocious desire to help them like understand that they're capable of of doing things that are tough. Yeah. Oh, I think that's such a great lesson that all parents could listen to is like you know, your, your job is to, is to make them independent and make them strong and make them be able to um, make it through hard things. So I love that. I love that you're, you're part of the overall, it takes a village type of thing to, to make kids, you know, to help them grow. Um, so September is, um, childhood cancer awareness month. And I, I don't know how much that gets out there. You know, I don't know as as much as I see things on, say, breast cancer or whatever. I would love to see more information about um, childhood cancer and how we can make a difference. So I was wondering if you could share with me what's maybe something somebody doesn't know about childhood cancer. And then how could we as a community support childhood cancer awareness, Not, not just support um, the organization of Mary Bridge and what you guys are doing in the oncology there, but also just just sort of spreading the word and making it more um, just out there for people to understand. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think I'd have to do a little more digging into the statistics of how many kids, you know, are, are diagnosed with cancer each year. I do know that in the realm of um money that goes to research for types, all of, all types of cancer. So like you said, you know, in October, we know that's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and there's lots of information about it. The amount of money that goes towards breast cancer research is greater than um, childhood cancers. And so childhood cancers are one of the least funded um, as far as research goes. And I think kind of thinking back to what you were saying, you know, of a population of people that we want to support and we want to come around and we want to build up and encourage um, we want that for our kids, right? We want our kids to be well supported, to have the research and the and the knowledge and the expertise to be able to overcome things like cancer. 
Um, but certainly that takes funding to be able to do. So in the world of cancer awareness, one of the big things is recognizing that there is a lack of research for pediatric cancers. Um, so I think that's one thing that is important. There has to be funding for any organization to do research. Um, and certainly there have been advances over the decades in cure rates and survival rates for pediatric cancers, which is an amazing thing. Um, and I would hope and anticipate that as we continue to know more and learn more and um, able to do more trials of different types of therapies, and um, that more kids will be able to survive these illnesses and these diagnoses that they're getting. So I think when we talk about awareness, it's one of those things, it's a diagnosis you don't ever want for for any child, but the reality is there are kids that that are diagnosed with cancer and there there is a need for our world and our medical community and our researchers um, for funding to be able to learn more about why kids are getting cancer, how do we cure them, you know, and how do we how do we treat them in a way that will give them longevity in their life instead of, you know, we can treat this now, but the likelihood of you getting another type of cancer or of um, a relapse in your cancer could be high depending on what type it is. So the research is so important. I was just thinking about if you could think of a way that we could make a difference. And while we were talking, I was thinking, I wonder if next year in September, if we could start at the beginning of September or even prior to September and put some kind of link on all of our um, email so, you know, when we send every email we send out, um, we could put some kind of a banner across the bottom of our email, just like identifying it and then have a donate button. And uh -huh. then not only do that for us, because we're a general contractor, but we could also invite and encourage every one of our subcontractors, sure. which they can be influenced by our encouragement. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be a cool thing that, you know, because I, I really just think that there's there's a lack of understanding. And I think sometimes that people just think, um, oh, St. Jude's takes care of that. Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I just think it would be so neat to have some kind of a partnership where we're actually making sure that everyone understood there's not just a need out there. There's a need right here in our own community. Right. So and I think the reality is St. Jude covers a small population of patients. You know, they're a very big name. Their name gets out there. Yeah. Um, but they are not the only children's hospital that treats cancers. So I think as far as research or funding goes, the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, uh, CCA, is um, a local organization that does um, treat patients from Mary Bridge and from Seattle Children's. So I think that is kind of a local area or a place to give back where there's a lot of support that the SCCA provides. Mary Bridge is a part of the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. So is Seattle Children's. So I think that is a great sort of hub of right. where um, pediatric cancer patients are being, there's a like a touch point, so to speak, that is beneficial for a, a local as far as Washington State or the Puget Sound area goes. Um, that's much different than something like St. Jude that still is doing incredible research and incredible right. patients and families. But it is far. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I think local reach is, is here. Um, I would agree. And I think SCCA is one of the greatest places that we have going. It's like one of the best in the nation, as far as we have University of Washington right there. And um, I think they provide outstanding care. And I think that's, you know, a great thing that we could also bring up and, and a way to cover sort of an umbrella of an area. So I think that's, yeah. that's a good 
a good thing that we can maybe think about for the future or whatever. Because sure. my my hope is that we can develop a relationship long term and figure out some other ways that we can make a difference. We've been working with the Rachel Henley Foundation. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they are such an outstanding group of people. And we have had so much fun working with them and learning about about Rachel and then mm -hmm. learning about the kids that we have had the great fortune to um, like have a direct connection to through yeah. a hub. So uh, tell me how you guys work together and how that whole relationship came about. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the Rachel and Henley Foundation had contacted me. Gosh, I'm losing time. It feels like such a warp these days. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, um, probably four or five years ago. Um, and they were really just looking to build a connection in the local community. Rachel's family is uh, their Tacoma locals. Rachel actually was not treated at Mary Bridge because of her type of cancer, but they wanted to give back to their local community. So they started by coming into the clinic and doing um, a craft activity with our patients okay. in our um, in our outpatient clinic here. Um, and that was really the very beginning, a very small step to a really long-term relationship that we've had with them. Um, the foundation is, I mean, I could speak about them for days. They're just incredible in the way that they have a direct uh, impact to the, the patients and families that they work with. Um, I think they recognize a lot of the challenges that you know, they faced personally and the limitations that they faced. Um, I think one example of that is there are foundations that support cancer diagnoses, but only up to the age of 18. And we right. here at Mary Bridge see patients um, into their 20s, and some of them don't qualify for some of those programs. So Rachel was an older um, teenager when she was diagnosed. So her family has that experience of knowing, you know, okay, what do we do when we have somebody who's 18 or 19 and don't qualify for some of these other programs to support the patient or the family? So it's really incredible to have their support that goes outside of some of the lines, so to speak, of what other foundations provide. But they've been an incredible resource to our kids and families, to our clinic staff. They've supported us through different events that we've had pre-COVID. And it's been just amazing to develop a relationship. I think all of us on our team here, um, our oncology team, feel like we're part of the Henley family. And, you know, they really just wrap their arms around each person they come in contact with and the warmth and the joy that they bring that's gone far beyond just, just patients and families, but our staff is just incredibly grateful for all that they do as well. Well, I think, you know, you guys deserve to be lifted up and they know how important you guys are. They know how your life-changing, you know, impact is on, on a patient as well as the family. And I think they, they want to honor, you know, everyone who helped Rachel and the whole, you know, healthcare community at large through what they're doing. And I think they're inspiring as well because it's a small family and they started the foundation from nothing. And yeah. they're, they're just like, you know what, we're going to do whatever we can every time we can. And that's yeah. what they do. They just keep stepping up and they just keep right. finding a way. And I love that it's small things. You know, it's like their idea is like, we're not trying to change the world. We're just trying to make this person's life better this day. Right. And, you yeah. know, maybe a little bit farther, but this day, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah. I, I agree. I think they're incredible people and we're, we're honored to, to partner with them when, whenever we get the opportunity. I love that. I love that story. Thank you for sharing on that. Yeah. 
What do you feel like the greatest needs are for families? We talked a lot about about children and the different things that they go through and what what ways you're able to help them. What do you see in families as as their children are battling cancer? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, there there are a variety of needs that come up for families. They could be things, um, financial needs that come up uh, a lot of times because of the frequency that the child needs to come in for treatment or for lab blood checks. There is often one parent who stops working um, if they're a two income family or if it's a single parent, then they have to stop working, um, at least for a period of time. So the financial impact is significant. So I think sometimes it is, um, we've had donations of like gift cards to Fred Meyer or Safeway and, you know, just being able to provide um, groceries for a family to be able to feed their, the, the patient, but also any siblings in the family. That is definitely a need. Um, I know that we have donations that help support our families with their bills for electricity or water or um, a car payment to get to and from treatment um, with rent on occasion. There's certainly like those basic needs that that are sometimes hard to meet. Yeah. Um, a parent is not able to work. That is definitely one thing. I think another thing that is changing is, is school, you know, and the and kids' ability to participate in school. We have um, home hospital tutors that our social workers help set up with the school district when kids are not able to be in school, but just that socialization. I think all of our kids face that within COVID time that we've been living in of what it looks like to be isolated and to not be in class with uh, the rest of their schoolmates. And so that I think is a challenge of just being socially isolated and feeling like nobody really understands what I'm going through. I think we see that with a lot of our teenagers, just trying to find some connection. So that is certainly a challenge. Um, and we've, we have support groups for our families to be able to come to when there are some of those challenges where kids and, and teens can know and understand they're not the only ones going through um, what they're experiencing. But I think those are those are definitely some of our our big challenges that families face. And then I think really just like you had mentioned earlier, trying to find a new normal, um, a new normal routine, a new normal in your expectations, um, a new normal in trying to even make plans. We had one family whose mom was diligent about writing things in her calendar, and then she quickly realized every time there was a delay in care because of something, she had to redo her calendar all over again. So she was like it's really hard to plan ahead, yes. you know, what to expect when the calendar keeps changing. And so I think there's just a lot of um, even just expectations. And I don't know what we're going to be able to do in three weeks because I'm not sure how, you know, my child will be feeling or what, what treatment they'll, part of treatment they'll be in at that time. So you're just kind of trying to help them feel like that's okay. Yeah, like you don't, you don't have to have control over all those things. And, you know, I, because I, I can imagine them being so afraid that something's going to slip through the cracks and they're going to miss something or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you sometimes manage parents' anxiety and kind of give them the tools as well. Definitely. Yeah. And I think letting them know, you know, there are times where you will be able to do those fun things. And sometimes that is, uh, you know, more spontaneous and that's fun to be able to get to do those things but helping normalize the fact that this is a new reality that you're living in and it will be just for a period of time. And I think sometimes families will reflect on that and they'll say, I remember when we were first diagnosed that you guys told us like, you know, 
X number of months into it, we'd be in a much more normal place. And I just never imagined getting there. But now that we're here, like we kind of have a normal life again. And yeah. so it's fun to see families be able to re- reflect back and, and see how far they've come. That's great. Um, can you tell me, we talked a little bit about gift cards and even just like a cash donation that could be forwarded to a family. If you can think of anything else that we could do, but then also how do we get that to you? Yeah, that's a great question. Our Marybridge Foundation um, is where all of those donations would go through. So certainly if there was like a gift card donation, um, those could be brought to our clinic and we'd be happy to get those out to families. But any dollar donation would go through our Marybridge Children's Foundation um, and go specifically to hematology oncology. So our department then could help families with those bills and things like that that come in. And that's definitely a really fantastic support to our families to have that that ease of stress and, and burden when there there's support financially. I think on a bigger scale or bigger picture, our child life team and the, our hospital here has been well supported by our community. We have incredible partnerships and, and relationships with um, individuals and organizations within our community here that provides all kinds of donations to us. Um, we have, um, you know, lots of toys that get donated, all new, unused um, things like board games, card games, Barbie dolls, I mean, you name it, Lego sets, all kinds of things that we're able to use with patients when they are here. And some of our kids are here every five days a week. Some of them are here once a week, twice a week, once a month. I mean, you name it. There's all kinds of schedules that they can be on. Similarly, I was just playing um, a card game with another one of our oncology patients who was having a procedure done. And so that was a great way to engage him in distraction and something fun yeah. to be able to play a game together. He's asking me like how many different versions of this game I have. And I told him we've played them all. <laughs> so now we're looking for, I have to come up with something else for Friday, but it's great to be able to have those kinds of donations as well. Um, because we do have kids who are here regularly and you, some kids will play, sorry, the board game 20 million mm-hmm. times. Others were like, Okay, two was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that you've given us a a lot of options and a lot of things of of ways that we can help you. I thank you for what you're doing, for what Mary Bridge is doing, and all the people around you. And I look forward to finding a way to come together with you guys and like actually serve you well and um, continue our partnership with um, with the Rachel Henley Foundation as well. Will you close with me in um, kind of sharing maybe a story or a couple stories, if if that's what you'd like, about a child that has impacted your life in a positive way? Yeah, gosh, there are countless stories of kids. There's one um, that just kind of coming to my mind. He had a brain tumor, and um, he was when he was diagnosed. Um, and he just was such, had such a bright spirit, you know, that like we were talking about earlier, there were difficult things that he endured different surgeries and, you know, recovery from surgery that included physical therapy and, um, radiation and chemotherapy. And just the number of things that he faced were significant for a five-year-old. And he certainly had, Um, was able to express his feelings about the things that he didn't like and that were hard. But at the end of the day, he just had such a positive attitude and still wanted to laugh. And he loved 
making jokes and playing pranks. And um, I remember playing a couple of games with him and his family and he would find some way to cheat just so he could win and make everybody <laughs> laugh. And unfortunately he passed away almost two years ago now, but he is just a patient that I, I think of. And just like we talked about earlier, it's just inspiring to see the challenge that he went through and also inspired by his family and just how dedicated they were to make his life as joyful and comfortable as they possibly could in the midst of all that he was experiencing. And he spent numerous holidays in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and just from silly ones like St. Patrick's Day to big ones like Christmas and his birthday and um, the things that his family did to make those days special, even though he was in the hospital and that was the last place that he would want to be. I was always in awe of how they celebrated and honored those days uh, in the midst of of their greatest challenges. And I think that there are many families who have left that mm-hmm. that similar impact of just being able to come together and unite as a family in the midst of something that's so heartbreaking and difficult and, and seeing kids who are wise beyond their years and the things that they say and the love that they have to give is just really remarkable. I think the most important thing in all of that at the end of the day is just, you know, that the children are loved well, that that they feel well loved. And, and mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I, I think it would be so cool to be able to experience all of those the positive sides. Um, But of course, we recognize that you guys go through all the difficult sides of it as well. And like I said before, just so deeply grateful that you guys have given your lives to what you have and that you're supporting those kids in those ways. So thank you. And I want you to know that Merit is committed to getting the word out there and um, to sharing what you guys have done, what you are doing, and we're going to find a way to, to partner with you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. We truly, you know, we we couldn't do this without our our donors and our community. And, you know, that is a really beautiful thing about Mary Bridge. It feels we we talk a lot about our Mary Bridge family and the family is wide and it's large and mm-hmm. we uh, have a lot of people that are, are a part of that. So thanks for for joining us and supporting us. Absolutely. I look forward to talking to you again. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye.